Welcome to episode 79 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode, as always, is sponsored by Insulate Makers of the Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump, and I really appreciate it. The podcast doesn't really get to exist without the sponsorship, so thank you, Omnipod. This episode is with Kristen. Uh, her son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in January of 2016. Uh, and we recorded this, I think in May. So she was only five or six months into it when she recorded this. So it was really cool of her to come on and give the perspective of a very newly diagnosed mother. Also, Kristen and her husband both live with different autoimmune issues. So this interesting, uh, turn of events is double interesting and triple interesting. Also, let me warn you, uh, we had a lot of trouble with Kristen's Skype in the beginning. So we switched to a phone call. So you won't hear any audio issues, but I was pretty bored by the time I was waiting for Kristen's phone call to connect. And then I saw Basil, little Basil dog. And uh, I then sang an impromptu song to Basil. And I want you to be prepared for the fact that I do not have a good singing voice. The song was all about Basil and how I wanted him to be a good boy, but yet he snored through the entire episode. And there's moments I can't even edit it out. He's a snoring machine. So I apologize for that. Also, please let's not forget that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Basil be a good boy. Basil be a good boy. Basil be a good boy. Good boy, good boy, good boy. Basil be a good boy. All right. Kristen's Skype was real wonky. So we're going to try her on a phone call. Hello? Hello? All right. If this doesn't work, then we find that Graham Bell guy and we get we get medieval on him because <laughs> So you're you're um you're clear and you can hear. <laughs> so Yep. Um so you were just describing uh that your that your son was recently diagnosed in January and that you and your husband both live with autoimmune diseases. Can you go ahead and start up there for me? Yep. Yep. So um like I said, my husband and I both live with autoimmune diseases, uh, MS, and I have something called the Sets disease, which um, is an autoimmune disease that attacks your um, blood vessels and causes inflammation um, and damages basically anywhere that your blood vessels can run through. So, um, and, and actually, in, in type 1, uh, diabetes runs strongly in my side of the family. Uh, my grandmother had it um, diagnosed when she was 29 years old and um, lived with it for about 40 years. Um, and two of my cousin, first cousins uh, had it uh, at 12 and 18 and still live in, with it and are doing fantastic. Um, and then actually I just discovered uh, last week that my great-grandfather also had type 1 diabetes. Well, because um, why would he not? Let's, let's get every, we need to get everyone involved, uh, apparently. So yeah. tell me for a second, you're, the, this, the thing, I, am I saying it right? Is it? Betchett's disease? Is that what you have? It's sets. Yeah, it's an extremely rare autoimmune disease. Um, And uh, they call it actually the Silk Road disease because it's most common in, like, Middle Eastern areas or uh, (laughs) in Japan or with Turkish men. And clearly, you being from Wisconsin... And yes. rather Caucasian, that you thought it would. Yeah, I'm not a Turkish right man, or at least not last time I was aware of. So, um, so yeah, super, super odd and strange, and um, started about ten years ago. So, um, 
you know, a lot of the, the stuff that I deal with um, is a lot of neuropathies. It loves my nervous system, um, sex, you know, kidneys, lungs. Um, so a lot of the same type of complications that diabetes can, you know, how can does, cause. How does it affect your day-to-day? Um, you know, I, it, it definitely affects me. Um, I'm very tired. I do have bouts where um, I, you know, end up in the hospital. Um, I was actually just had a major, um, they call them flares, it kind of ebbs and flows. You'll mm-hmm. do great, and then you'll have this kind of attack. And um, I had one on Christmas and um, was in and out of, uh, affected my, my brain, actually. Um, and so, you know, actually the day my son was diagnosed, I was leaving the hospital from starting a brand-new immune suppressant therapy. And as I got in my car to leave, the phone rang um, that my son had collapsed at school. So... Kind of just all flowed together. I have to ask you, when you get a phone call that your son collapsed at school, does your brain go, of course he did? Or do you just feel like, I mean, at this point, I mean, you said your husband has MS. When was his MS diagnosed? Uh, he now has been about nine years. He's been oh. living with that. Okay. How long have you guys been married? Uh, we've been 15 years together, though, for 20. Okay. Together for 20 years. 11 years into it, your husband has MS. Around the same time, you get a disease that I can't really... <laughs> Uh, pronounced <laughs> mainly for Turkish men and, yep. uh, and and apparently Yo-Yo Ma's band or something like that. And so yep. that's a pretty, that's a pretty odd reference, but anyway, and so, <laughs> and, um, and then, and, and everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people in your family history, I mean, your grandmother, let's go back to her for a second. She's type one. Um, right. now she passed away in 95, but she had it for 40 years. So she was, she was diagnosed in the, in the 1940s. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. She was diagnosed in the forties. Um, yeah, passed away at uh, age sixty nine in nineteen ninety five of renal failure. Renal failure. Um, okay. And she, she was very what they kind of call it, you know back then a brittle diabetic. Um, just you know, I, I look back now and I I see it in a totally different light now that I am also living it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I remember growing up obviously with my two cousins that were around my age that were diagnosed. Um, you know, I grew up around needles and insulin, and um, but I remember when I was really young, my grandmother, you know, just taking one shot and, um, you know, having a lot of hypoglycemic episodes, and it's kind of a family joke now, it's just, you know, kind of a sick joke, but funny now, it wasn't funny at the moment, but even when I was about 12 years old, like my son's age, we uh, had been out of town at a family um, get-together at a local restaurant, and I had gotten up uh, to go to the restroom, and my grandmother, while I was in there, um, went into, you know, had a major hypoglycemic event. Um, and my whole family kind of scurried out of the restaurant. And we have a lot of children in the family. Right. So, um, you know, they didn't really notice I was missing in the, in the moment. So I come out of the restroom. Everybody's gone. I'm like, uh, where'd everybody go? <laughs> Turns out, you know, they had to rush out to get my grandma out and get her back home. And so I ended up walking my way home and finding my way home. But... You know, now it's kind of a joke, and this place is called the Iron Horse, and people always ask me, you want to go out to eat with the Iron Horse? And, <laughs> so we can you know, abandon you there in the restaurant? Yeah, where we left you and nobody noticed me gone. I was like, oh, my goodness. But, you know, now it's kind of a joke, but that was just kind of, you know, now I look back and, you know, I realize, man, that was just kind of the beginning of my journey with diabetes. And, so your grandmother you know, would just take, like, her one shot, and then through the course yep. of the day, her blood sugar would get low, and and yep. then, then it was the diabetes vapors, and we took care of her, and that was... Oh my gosh, that's a that's a long day. And so, yeah. okay. And you have you said two cousins who were who were diagnosed in their uh, one was twelve and one was eighteen. Okay, as kids, 
And yep. then your your son Gavin has just been recently diagnosed in January 2016. Right. Um, has anything else happened? Your car caught fire, your house fell over, just... No, not yet. We're waiting for that. Though. I would We're imagine. For, like an asteroid to hit our home or like lightning to strike me when I'm walking down the street. I and, would think you know. there'll be a day where you walk outside and you go to your husband, oh, look, honey, here come the locusts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you guys will just close your eyes and be like... And just kind of giggle. And I mean, it's gotten to the point now where it's like... When these things happen, we kind of giggle, and most people don't understand it, and it's it's our sense of humor because that's what gets us through. And I know it's not for everybody that technique, but we just kind of giggle and are like, "Oh, of course!" Like you know, I don't know what else. I don't know what else you would do at this point, honestly. I mean, it's you. It's crazy. So, so you have a a second child. Is your second child? Do you guys ever do like trial net or anything? Or yeah, we actually did. Um, Right away, we did trial net, and um, thankfully hers came back um, negative. Okay. So. That was fantastic. So we always joke that she's our rock and she's going to be our stay home, you know, living nurse. And stuff. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm not. I'm out of here. The, you have the only family where being the healthy person is 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 a losing proposition. It is. We just, you know, just joke around. Well, so. I know if I know if Trialnet was listening, they would remind you to continue to test because things can change. Um, yeah, but, definitely. But congr- my son, congratulations. That that's that is excellent. Okay, so yep. I don't even. I'm. Let me just wrap my head around this for one second. Okay, so let's go back to Gavin. Gavin's diagnosed. Um, when you leave the hospital, they give you any good technology, or did they? Just give you a, an insulin pen or what um, did you get? You know, they actually, you know, we were down at Children's Hospital in Madison. Fantastic mm-hmm. facility. Um, they basically, you know, we had uh, like a four, oh, three-day crash course. It was supposed to be like four days, but we picked it up pretty quickly. So they, they let us out sooner than normal. They but, probably just thought you were all going to drive like off a cliff on the way home <laughs> anyway. They were probably like, these people don't have long. I just laugh. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because... Some of my specialists and my husband's specialists are in the same hospital system. So when my husband was napping, he'd be like, well, I'm going to run down to the MS clinic right now and just, you know, talk to them real quick about something. And I'd come back and then I'd run off. And yeah, I mean, the staff is just kind of laughing at us because we're like, who are you people? It's nutty. You get at least a frequent flyer card, I would imagine. Uh, but, But I'm sorry. So, so when you left, did they, how did the hospital handle like your initial management? They, you know, we basically were on, um, multiple daily injections. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically gave us some syringes and uh, my son is on Lantus and Humalog right now. Um, so basically for the first, uh, you know, couple months here, he's been um, doing the multiple daily injections. He is on an um, insulin pen now and that just happened about a month ago. Okay. Um, but other than that, you know, they said, you know, oh, you know, talked a little bit about pumps and, you know, we usually wait six months till everybody gets very situated and familiar with living with this. And um, no mention of a CGM or anything like that. Okay. Um, um, and and also only one. And that was it. So you're okay. So you, yep. got, you got pens or you got not even needles and, and a meter yep. and, and you go get them kid. And that's the end of it. But yep. now it's, it's yep. not even four months later. Right. And nope. are you using some technology now? Uh, yeah, we actually, you know, I discovered, um, I love to research. I, I believe in, you know, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And it definitely makes us feel more comfortable if we know more about stuff. So I did a lot of digging and diving into stuff um, when we got home um, and read about the CGMs and thought, oh, my gosh, that would be so fantastic, um, especially because Gavin is a huge athlete. Yeah. So extremely active child. And during when he was diagnosed with in basketball, 
Um, now he's into baseball, which is his main thing, but we were noticing since he's so active, you know, he was dropping so quickly and there was really no information in between when he was doing, you know, our, our finger checks. Yeah, and sure. so, you know, I discovered the CGM and I thought, oh my gosh, that would be so fantastic. And I love more information, the better. So we, you know, I did contact the clinic and said, you know, I really want one of these. Um, they were a little hesitant um, since we were only about, you know, a month into it, um, just because they didn't really recommend it until these people were a little further into it because it's too much information sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, no, I want it. I would like one, and I'd like one now. And, um, you know, they were fantastic and actually worked with me, and so we got one. Yeah, I have to tell you, I think that's... I think that's archaic advice at this point. Like the idea of like, oh, we don't want to give you too much information. I don't understand how that could be. You, you, yeah, you know, like going to be a bad thing. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, do, would you put a new driver in the car and go? Oh, the one on the right makes it go really fast. What's the one on the left do? Don't worry, we'll cover that later. Yeah, we'll cover when we do it. Don't don't worry. A couple months from now, when you feel more comfortable with it, we're going to let you know what that pedal does and what this button. Like, I just don't get the the idea of of sending someone off. And if they have the ability through insurance to have a glucose monitor, why would you not give it to them? I mean, let them, it's not less, it's, it sucks and it's hard no matter what, you might as well let it suck and be hard and you have the information. So I don't know what the the point is. So, so how did, when you got it, so you're doing, you're still doing injections and you have a, a, a Dexcom G5. Is that right? Correct. Yep. So you're, yep. you're cool. Cause you're a different kind of animal. Like that doesn't happen for a lot of people. So yep. when, yeah. so let me ask you how you handle a couple of things. So if, if I gave my daughter, um, a pre bolus for a meal and 45 minutes later, I noticed that it kind of wasn't enough insulin. I'd give her more. Do you inject again? Because now you have that information, but you don't have the luxury of not having to stick somebody again. So I'm really interested to hear how you do that. Yep. We, so basically so my son obviously is in school right now, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole different monster. So, um, but we, um, you know, we we keep in touch through texting, mm-hmm. which has been fantastic. Um, my son doesn't have a school nurse or any medical staff on site. Um, well, they're all at the hospital working on your other family members, and people are very busy in your town. I would imagine taking care of you and your cousins, and, and, and <laughs> they can't be everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so no school nurse is that no. common in your like district? Um, well, he, well, he's actually in the public. I mean, excuse me, the private school system. Okay. Um, so the public school system, I know, does have uh, somebody on staff that I think rotates between schools. So it's not like they're there all day. Okay. Um, but uh, his school, yeah, doesn't have anybody, and he's actually the first child in the school system that's ever had type one. Oh, jeez. Okay, so, so he's, he's a test yeah, case for them too. Yeah, so it was a little overwhelming, and I definitely had to go in there and, you know, talk to them about what it meant, and um, hopefully, you know, I laid some groundwork for any future students that come up through the system. Yeah. Um, and they've been fantastic and super open to, you know, when I say, you know, he's wearing this device now, I'd be, you know, we kind of need to have the phone so that, you know, it's the bridging so that I can see at home. And they've been fantastic. Um, very flexible with what, you know, we need. Um, kind of scary sometimes, though, because I feel like we're just floating out there. Right. Um, and basically, i kind of the only resource that fully understands the situation. Um, I'm fortunate that I have the luxury to be able to, you know, Gavin can contact me whenever he needs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of the situation um, with him. 
Um, but it, to your question about if, you know, we gave him a certain amount of insulin and we noticed he's going high, correct? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, How I want to know. I want to know if you would, like, see if, if, if I would give more insulin. And if yep. you're inclined to give more insulin, then sometimes the the barrier for people is that it's another injection. And then so they wait because they don't want to be injecting their kids gotcha. a lot. So, but, yep. but he's a little older, so maybe that's not how it strikes you. Nope. I mean, and to start with, he is so just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. You know, an injection wouldn't bother him. So, um, and basically, well, before we had the CGM, you know, we thought, you know, every time we check him for his lunch or anything, his numbers were always in range. Um, but once we got to CGM, we didn't realize, like, especially in the morning, these huge spikes he was having after eating. And now that we have the CGM, and, and it's hard with the daily injections because, you know, it's hard to calculate sometimes, like, how much insulin's already on board if you're thinking. Um, and he, and, and at the doctors, they always told us never, never correct in between meals. Um, only do it right before a meal. Um, but that always bothered me now once I saw this information that, you know, let's say he's up at 250. I don't want to have him sit there for three hours to wait to correct him until his lunchtime. Yeah. Um, so basically now that we have this information, we have, if we see a trend that he is like double arrowing up, um, we do, a, you know, do a correction. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, um, and it's the, the benefit of being able to see it with the glucose monitor because I would, yeah. say, I would say it all the time if... You know, I, I think personally, I think if your blood sugar is high, you've uh, miscalculated or mistimed your insulin. Yep. And and so you have to stop those arrows and you have to get your blood sugar back to where it goes. But at the same time, there's a danger of getting low when you're done. When you have a glucose monitor, you, you have the benefit of someone tapping you on the shoulder before you get low and saying, hey, you know, you're going to you're you're getting low now. And you can kind yep. of you know, augment that again then with some fast acting sugar and stop it right where it's at as long as you don't over treat. And that's yep. how, that's how we would handle it too. But yeah. And I would never, I mean, if I didn't have the glucose monitor, I, I would never feel comfortable doing that. Right. Blindly doing that, not knowing. Yeah. There's no way. Um, so it's been fantastic. And even with sports, it's been fantastic that it's not constantly like pricking his finger to, to see where he's at before mm-hmm. he, you know, he pitches or he, you know, is going to hit. Um, he can. There's just so much more information available that's really given him a lot of freedom. Yeah. Um, that he's, you know, at his age, really craving right now. No, I, I um, Arden plays softball, so she was in a tournament recently, and oh, okay. I, you know, she she plays third base. And she went out on the field to start warming up, and yep. I got a little like beeping, and and I, this is going to sound crazy to people probably. She's 85, um, yep. but she started going up, and I I bolused her like right there while she threw the fence while she was on the field because I can, I can keep her blood sugar there while while she's playing, you know, and without that, you know, I don't know those big gaps in time. Like you're talking about, you know, the idea of, Hey, my blood sugar went to two fifty, and you're being polite, two fifty, three hundred, four hundred after a meal, and yep. it sits there. And three hours later, I test myself and go, "Up, oh, I'm three eighty. I guess I need more insulin." The problem is, it's also time to eat. Yep. Y- y- you know, so it, it, people get stuck in these these cycles, and and doctors give them very basic information that that mm-hmm. keeps them there. It's it really is. It's I can on one hand say that I understand a doctor not wanting to tell you to, you know, do something that might end up with a very low blood sugar that, that can cause you some sort of a medical emergency. But at the same time, don't test for three hours after a meal or only give insulin, you know, before a meal. 
you know, people take that literally. You know, if I don't, oh, eat, yeah. you know, if, if my kid eats a breakfast, isn't hungry at lunch, and then eats dinner at four o'clock, and, and I'm somebody who takes that as gospel, then from eight o'clock in the morning till four o'clock, I don't even wonder what their blood sugar is because I'm always oh, exactly. supposed to test before before a meal. It's yep. just not. It's not good advice. It's 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 old timey advice. It's you know, it doesn't take into account the technology. And I'm listen. Not everybody can afford it. Not everybody has the the, the insurance for it, which is mm-hmm. another story. But yep. But when you have it, not to give it to you is criminal. You, you know. So yeah. So oh how, yeah. I mean, it has been life changing. I think for my son. Yeah, um, absolutely. And just eye open. You know, really eye opening, mm-hmm. and just in the whole understanding of. You know his care and treatment throughout the day. I yeah, I just we absolutely love it. So how do you handle like, um, let's say you're in one of those gaps during the day where there's hours and hours, and he's just like his blood sugar is sitting at 150. Do you give him some insulin for that? Um, you know he he sometimes around 150. You know sometimes we'll do like a half unit mm-hmm. to get him down, and he you know will ride then usually around. By the end of school, when I when he comes home, you know he's usually around like ninety eight. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, usually he tends to kind of drift low by the end of the day before his sports, and you know, usually has a snack of some sort before he plays. Because um, then he goes to his sports, and then obviously he's running all over the place. And a ninety eight, if he went off to to baseball with him, probably would not hold. Right. And you know what, that has a lot to do also with the fact that you're not on a pump. So your basal rate's coming from Lantus. It's not, it's, Correct. it's not coming from a pump. Whereas, so do you have, do you have conversations ever about pumping or? Yeah, no, he, um, you know, we, they kind of, you know, our insurance too, you know, it's like six months is the window. Um, we do No, he's interested in a pump and he's really interested in the Omnipod. Okay. Um, yeah, so he, he likes the, the tubeless feature of it. He doesn't want, you know, a tube hanging. Like, he's so active. He's like that. It would just get stuck on everything. Right. Um, and also, we, we do have a lake home, so we, you know, live in the water a lot. A lot of swimming. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, you're you're uh, in Wisconsin. All you have is lakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, so, yeah, he's always in the water, and he's like, I, I don't want something that I'm going to have to keep disconnecting and, you know, yeah, dealing people, with. People undervalue that, like, the idea of, like, oh, I'll just disconnect and go swimming, but you don't you know, if you didn't have diabetes, your your pancreas wouldn't shut off while you were swimming. You, you still need exactly. insulin while you're swimming. You, you, you know, yeah. and, and so that's yep. uh, that's great. So I hope you six months in. I hope you have luck like you did with the CGM because it's amazing you got the CGM so quickly. It, yeah, it, it really is. Um, huh. Okay. So, uh, so you talked about school. You said school was kind of an issue for you. So bef- before that, let me ask you this: Do you guys <laughs> inject prior to how far before a meal would you inject? Well, that, you know, so that's another thing. So initially in the hospital, they had us just inject and then eat instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't know any different at that point. We didn't have the information to know how that was affecting his blood sugar after he ate. Right. Um, so once we got to CGM and I started to see these huge spikes, and like it's it's mostly in the morning, which I hear is fairly common. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like he was eating these crazy meals or anything. We've always been pretty you know, health conscious and eat fairly well just because we find it, you know, it definitely helps in our health. Um, but, you know, I see these huge spikes and I was like, what is going on? And I, you know, I just, I'm a problem solver and I want to fix it. So that's kind of when I started to, to read more and, you know, I, I found your, 
your blog and listened to your podcast and was hearing some of the, the stuff that you were doing. Oh, cool. um, and I, I read some books like, you know, Think Like a Pancreas and mm-hmm. Sugar Surfing. And I actually had the, the pleasure to meet um, Gary Shiner, Shiner and Denny Smith last weekend. Oh, excellent. Yeah, they're good. They're good guys. And those are both really great books, actually. We've had. Yeah, so, yeah, I've had somebody who works for Gary on the podcast, and and um, and I've had uh, Doctor Ponder on the sugar surfing guy. It's funny, I yep. never, I had never really heard of the sugar surfing book, yep. and people made me aware of it. And when he came on and started uh, describing what he was doing, I was like, "Well, that's what I do." I was like, "I didn't think to call it something though, but that's pretty cool." Yeah, yeah. yeah and so, um, <laughs> yeah. So no, it was very similar to what you were doing, and I was like, "Okay, there's got to be something to this." So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and especially since I had the CGM now, and I could watch how things were happening, and um, so we started, you know, waiting, you know, taking his injections, you know, like 15 minutes prior to eating, and just kind of playing with it to see how does this affect his blood sugar. And we started to notice that, um, you know, his blood sugar wasn't spiking as high anymore, mm-hmm. and his, you know, and I think before, you know, the the carbs were hitting his blood before his insulin was doing anything. Yeah. I, I found myself recently explaining to somebody like this. I, I said to them, like, do you, I, first I said, are you old like me? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, <laughs> well, you'll understand this. And I said, you remember when we were kids in school and they would put those um, overhead projectors up in front of us. And then they'd have this piece of like plastic and they draw on the plastic or, you know, and, 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 yeah. you know, then you'd show you a picture. I said, imagine on the, you had two pieces of plastic and one of them was the line of how your blood sugar was moving, you know, how the, how the food was trying to move your blood sugar. And I said, and, and imagine the next one was the line of how the insulin was trying to move your blood sugar. I said, you have to slide those those two pieces of plastic to the left and to the right until they match up. Mm-hmm. You know, while the food's trying to go up, that's when you want the insulin to be trying to come down. You don't want the food to go up and then 10 minutes later for the insulin to come down because let's say you think five units is the right amount of insulin for your son's lunch. And you give it to him right now, and he starts eating. And five minutes from now, his blood sugar starts going from the food, from wherever it is, you know, up, 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 up. But the insulin doesn't start working for 10 more minutes. And now that five units, while it may have been enough back when your blood sugar was 90, is no longer enough now. Because now you still need insulin for the food, but now you need insulin to stop the rise, and you need insulin to bring the rise back. And, And that's not something anyone would tell you it's not something that you would even be able to figure out on your own if you didn't have a glucose monitor to see it but yep. but now that now that i've seen it so many times i'm even finding myself being really bold like you know in the in the warm up period when the you know the dexcom doesn't exist for a couple of hours and it's warming up before it starts yeah, yeah, getting yep. data, right i i used to get really like I would revert in those moments. I'd be like, okay, you know, it's fine. You know, we'll, we'll start worrying about diabetes again in two hours. But then I just realized, I'm like, you know, I've seen this blood sugar do what it does so many times. I can now kind of guess what it's doing without even looking at the glucose monitor anymore. So, yep. you know, we'll be a little more careful because we're blind here for a couple hours. But I'm not going to change how we do things. And it, and it works out most of the time, really. You, you know, after I found the pattern... You know, it's pretty cool. Like, I'm not saying I don't need the Dexcom. I'd be, I'd literally be lost without it. But, oh yeah. you know, I mean, what I did to my daughter's A1C is insane. And, and to, speaking of that, in four months, your A1C yeah. is crazy good. Before we hear about that A1C, let's take a moment for an advertisement. Insulate makes the Omnipod. Omnipod makes the world go round better. That's not a good tagline. God, I could never work in a PR department. Omnipod, untethered, 
Omnipod, we work in the water. Omni, see how bad I am at this? Omnipod, you can wear it while you're playing sports. Omnipod, we got no tubes. Omnipod, hmm. Little, yellow, different. Uh, I think that's a pill already and it's not yellow. So see, I'm not very good at this. Honestly, it doesn't need to be sold to you. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo. Click on the link in the show notes if you don't want to type it all out. Get yourself a free, no obligation Omnipod. It's a demo. You stick it on. Maybe you can send me an email and tell me what you think the tagline should be. Take some of it off of me. Don't pressure me so much. Everybody wants something from me. It's horrible. Omnipod. See, I got nothing. I'm not good at this. I can tell you one thing, though. Forget a tagline. Forget PR. Forget marketing. Forget all this other stuff. Eight years with this insulin pump, I could not be happier. My daughter could not be happier. Actually, I'll tell this story in a later episode, but we recently had a very infrequent situation where we needed to contact Omnipod customer support, and they were there Friday night at like 11 o'clock at night, and they fixed my problem in five minutes. It was, you know, it was really kind of cool. I didn't expect anybody to be there when I called, but they were myomnipod.com forward slash demo the links in your show notes and you could be using you know what i think is one of the most if not the most advanced insulin pump on the market it's the future baby it got no tubes yeah i i I couldn't believe it you know i knew things were getting better but when we went i um yeah he went from uh a 10 when we uh he was diagnosed down to 6.7 um at his appointment, which was, you know, his three month appointment. That's so, good stuff. Yeah. I, and he might be honeymooning still, you think? Or yeah. 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 I think there is uh, some of that. Um, I don't think it's a crazy amount going on, but, um, you know, I'm sure he's still in some sort of a honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I definitely think that seeing the CGM and seeing this information and just being able to control a lot of that, the spikes that are occurring, um, That's a huge part of it, yeah. It's been a huge part of it. And, and also not rebounding, right? Like if you do see a little low, you, yep. you don't have to overcorrect because then you, you're right back on the roller coaster again and well, going back and forth. And that's something we're learning also, you know, and they tell us, you know, when you're between, right now his kind of parameters are 80 to 150 they have them in. Um, you know, under 80 to 60 they say, you know, drinks or, or have a juice box for 15 grams. Now we're noticing though now with the CGM if he's between, let's say, like 60 to, I don't know, 80 and, or 70 even, and if he drank a whole juice box, he would be shot up to like 200-something. It's way too much. If you had a pump in that situation at 80, you could like restrict the basal rate for a little while, and, yep. you, and he would kind of naturally kind of glide back up again in most of the situations. It's just there's it, – it's – it's if I look back at the first instructions that my endo gave me to hand to my school nurse when Arden was in kindergarten, honestly, the information is so basic that it really is. When you stop and really look at it, what it says is if you follow these things, this kid won't die while it's here. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it, you're not going to keep her healthy. You're not going to keep her blood sugar stable. You're not going to keep it in a good range. She just won't drop over dead. Like, yeah. like, yep. like, and, and that's not. That's not a good way to live your life. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to live in the moment. I'll deal with whatever happens down the road. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It just it really, really is terrible. And and and, yeah. yet, and yet what happens is you get sent out the door with it. And okay, maybe that's understandable. Maybe in the beginning the information should be anti-dying. I'm all yeah. right with that. 
But why does no one ever come back around afterwards when you get your footing and say, okay, well, now that you have this information, have you heard that insulin doesn't begin working immediately, but food does? Like, like you yeah. know, like, have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard some, some sugars make your blood sugar go up faster than others and blah, blah, blah? And no one tells you anything. And, no, and, no. It's like all this stuff that we've learned, like, on our own by us making an effort to kind of to look for it. And, and, um, and, and Kristen... You learned you you went out and you looked into it, which doesn't make you a better or worse person than anybody else. But a lot no. of people don't have that in them, or they don't have the drive, or they don't have the the understanding. Maybe they just don't have. Maybe they never asked the question because the doctor told them, and they think, "Well, why would this guy steer me wrong?" You, you know? Oh yeah, exactly. Yep. And so, how many people are wandering around whose kids are? You know, I just got an email the other day from somebody. It's like, "Hey, I appreciate the the podcast because I was letting my kid walk around with a blood sugar of like 180 all day." Because it was in his range. Yep. You know, the doctor was like, hey, up to 180 is fine. And then I, she heard a podcast where I said, well, if you can keep him at 180, why can't you keep him at 90? And she was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. I thought of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then that's it. it. You know, oh, my God, I'm irritated. Plus of this United Healthcare thing is going on today, so I'm, oh, I'm upset yeah, about I that. I don't even know if I should be podcasting today. It's all right. Well, you're doing it. <laughs> Luckily, you're, by the way, you're going to make the – my contingent of listeners who think I talk too much are going to love this episode because you are talking a lot, which I really oh, I appreciate. Good. I'm trying to hold back because I tend to talk a lot. So. I, it's fine. You're doing great. Plus, trust me, you're giving them a break. When I talk too much, I start getting emails. A little chatty in that one I hear from them. And I think, oh, okay. Everyone knows how the podcast should be. Yeah. You know, all right, fine. Um, but no, no, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not joking, but I am joking. And, and, and so I just don't get... I don't get that, that whole, like, I'll just lead people down this very basic path to take care of this very complicated disease. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it, I said it before, but it's criminal, like, to, to tell somebody that little about it. Yeah, um, and I even, you know, I, I had reached out to um, a member of our care team, and, and they're fantastic, don't get me wrong, but when I had seen these after-meal spikes, I was like, you know, I'm seeing this now, what, what should I do? Do you have any suggestions? And um, somebody had said, you know, oh, there's really not much you can do about that. Right. And Your was, doctor doesn't even understand it. I was like, what? <laughs> and they're what good. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm like, so, Christine, you're telling me this is a good institution. They can't yeah. help you. Imagine yeah. how – imagine someone walking into a bad institution right now. They're probably just like <laughs> – I know. They're probably just Here's your needles. Good luck. You, you, you know, and, <laughs> and you're in a good place and these people are telling yeah. you, oh, a spike in blood sugar. Not much you can do about that. They're out of their minds. I just yeah. I just blogged a, a couple months ago about my daughter eating French toast. Blood sugar never goes over like 110. So oh, yep. I did that. You, you know, is that really? Yeah. Oh, see now you've you've irritated me with that statement. Oh, so, no, I made it worse. No, 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 no. So, 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 okay. So you go to them and tell them, "Hey, I'm seeing spikes. What should I do?" They tell you not really anything. Yeah, initially, yeah, um, and and this wasn't one of the the endocrinologists. Um, uh, an individual in the clinic, and I was like, "There's got to be something we can do here." And you know, I, I we I started to talk more about it after some of the stuff I had read about. Well, what if I change the way in the order in which he's eating his meals? What if he's eating, you know, his slow acting carbs, or his, you know, before he's eating fast acting, you know, mm-hmm. so that those are pushed out further, and um, when the insulin's acting more, and you know, and then. I, they kind of, you know, we're talking about that and um, said, oh, no, that could work. And um, But then they did tell me, oh, well, if you tried um, giving him his injections a little bit earlier. 
Which, oh, you know, so you do know. <laughs> yeah, which I only got after I had, you know, kind of asked about it and pushed about it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, you're a doctor, but I just wanted to let you know that on a podcast I heard. Now, why is it you can't tell me about this? And yeah. and by the way, and here's a great place right here, Kristen, ready? Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast is advice, medical or otherwise. You should always go to your doctor who will apparently give you lousy information, and then you can make your own decision based on wherever you can get your information from. Um, but but seriously, you have to listen to your doctor. I can't, like you and I can't tell people how to handle their blood sugar. But at the same time, if the doctor's telling you there's nothing to do, maybe assume the doctor doesn't know what they're talking about and move on because there is something you can do. And it's not rocket science. It's not something that takes up 23 and a half of the 24 hours of your day. Once you understand that, I really have to say, I don't put very much effort into keeping Arden's blood sugar where it is. Like, not not now that I understand it. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's a lot of effort to figuring it out. Um, but once you have it, it's well worth putting that effort in up front because, the, I mean, the back end goes forever. And, yep. you, you know, and you can't have each day just be like a drudgery where you feel like you're being pounded over the head by something. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, Arden's blood sugar right now is 138, but that's only because she won't answer a text message. And, uh, yeah. and because I that was my son yesterday. Yeah, he, he was going into, he had a little low yesterday because he did a little more activity. And they had some free time after lunch yesterday. Right. And um, it was a little more active than normal. And he was shooting down, and I'm watching it from home because there's alarms going off. And, you know, we, we keep in touch by texting. And so I usually, you know, send him something like, hey, do you see that you're starting to go down and it got to the point where it was like 60 with double arrows down mm-hmm. and i just texted him say hey did, did, did you did you see this did you, <laughs> yeah. did you notice like, you're about to drop that notice this honey <laughs> and doesn't get back to me doesn't get back to me and i'm thinking oh come on dude what are you doing yeah. and um yeah, he's 13 like i said he's easily distracted sometimes well sure yeah and which is totally understandable yeah. and um it was the first time i actually had to um uh, call school to touch base with them just saying hey will you just check on him real quick make sure you know he's okay and and you know they just peeked in on him real quick and he was totally fine but i'm like all i need is just just give me like a number i don't care what button you push on your phone but just send me something so that i know that you did something <laughs> about this, this. well so <laughs> so just the other day quite honestly the, the beginning of this week it was tuesday it was two days ago my son is old enough to get his permit and i live in new jersey and you have to take a you have to take like a driving course with a private driving company in New Jersey to get your permit when you're a kid. Okay. So I have to take him to the DMV. So he comes home from baseball practice. Arden comes home from softball practice. We I, I give them dinner early so I can run him to this appointment at the DMV. And uh, 20 minutes before we're gonna leave, my daughter's like, "Can I go to my friend's house while you're gone?" And I was like, "You know what? Sure." Because later that night I had to go to some college prep course at the high school to like trying to figure out how to get my son into college. And I was like, you know what? It'd be great if you were at somebody else's house instead of sitting here Netflixing whatever you're Netflixing and, and staring oh, yeah. at the dog. So I was like, okay. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I took her to our friend's house. Now we had had, um, there was, I want to say, I might have made rice with dinner. And so I said to her, hey, this might have been too much insulin. <laughs> you know, we're not really going to know until the rice gives up. And and somebody actually just told me to switch rice from just one to another, and it worked really well, so it's not having the same effect on her. But okay. so anyway, I'm still pretty heavy-handed with the insulin. I send her to her friend's house. I'm driving the kid to a, the, the DMV. It's like, I don't know, 45 minutes later, and I get 72 two hours down. That's not a big deal. I don't care about that. 
and yep. I text her, hey, and I just send 72 two hours down. And then she doesn't respond. And then I'm like, hello, Arden. Hello, Arden. Now I'm going <laughs> to die trying to like explain to my son what the text while we're driving. Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. I'm trying yeah. to do, I'm trying to do that. I'm like, Siri, tell Arden. Like, you know, so I'm like, I give up. I'm like, okay, I call her. And now the phone's ringing and ringing and ringing. She doesn't answer. And I'm like, geez, you got to be kidding me. That's okay. Yep. The, the kid's mom's home. So I call the house and it rings and rings and rings. And I'm, I'm like, okay. So I text the mother. Nothing. I'm like, okay, so I've texted my daughter, called my daughter, called the house she's in, texted the house she's in. No one's going to answer me. Now I'm telling my wife, who's already at the college thing, saving a seat. I'm like, just start calling Arden until she answers you because I'm trying my best. Yeah. And then finally I realized and I used Find My iPhone. Oh, yep. And I sent the signal through Find My iPhone because it hit me. She doesn't, she's, she's almost 12. She doesn't think it's cool when her phone makes noise sometimes. Like oh, they, yep. they put them on vibrate because I, I, my son does it too. Like my phone will ring in public. He's like, why is that on? I'm like, it's a ringer. You, like, I, I, I'm like, how did your generation decide that the ringer wasn't cool? Yeah. Like, like but you, then they don't hear it. Yeah, bunch of idiots. Like, what's the point? Don't yeah, be kids. No. And so, Same thing. Exactly, yeah. right? So the, the signal goes through and I'm, I'm like, call me. And she calls me and I'm like, hey, I've been texting you for 20 minutes. You're 52 arrows down. You think you could really quick drink a juice box for me and then find something to eat? Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. I said, okay, I'm going to call you right back. And she goes, okay. And 10 minutes later, I call her back, and she doesn't answer again. Yeah, so yeah. I finally got her on the phone. And I don't know how nice I sound on this podcast or not, but I got her on the phone, and I was like, listen to me. If this ever happens again, you're not leaving my house. You'll just sit in the house for the rest of your natural life until you expire from old age. I was like, I'm yeah. not doing this. And forget the diabetes, by the way. Just yeah. – I, I can't even tell you what that phone costs a month. And all I need you to do is answer it when it rings, right? Yeah. So she's she's like, oh, okay. And you could even hear in her voice. She was like, I get it. Like, you know, sorry. Yeah. Like a half an hour, 45 minutes later, my, I get a text from the mom. Hey, I'm really sorry. I just saw that you called. I'm like, well, yeah. good, great. <laughs> like, Add to the fact. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I did threat my son this morning. I said, all right. Now, you remember, like, if I text you, you need to respond to me. Also, I'm going to have to have her, her name's Amy. I'm like, but Amy's going to have to march down to your class every day. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> Embarrassing. For the so. most part, it, it's, listen, for the most part, if people are listening, it's never a problem. Texting my daughter while she's at school or out of the house about her diabetes is a huge way that we've been able to affect her A1C. Because when you talk about A1C being affected, yep. in my mind, the, the day's chopped up into three sections. It's while you're sleeping, which, by the way, I haven't said on the podcast for a while. If you can get a blood sugar down at like 85 while they're sleeping for 10 hours, hello, huge win. You, you, you know what I mean? There's no okay. food coming in, nothing to fight with. Maybe there's some growth hormone in the middle of the night. But for the most part, there's a lot of hours of steady, good blood sugars to help you with your A1C. Yep. The next block is at school. Eight hours a day, out of the house. You can't keep that blood sugar tight unless you have some good communication. It's not going to work with them going to the, de- the you know to the the nurse every three hours or every two hours or before a meal or something like that. So when I text with Arden, hey, you're one thirty eight, we're just going to bump your blood sugar down a little bit, or we can still pre bolus because we're talking like Arden will pre bolus today fifteen minutes before she leaves her science class, you, you know, for lunch, and. And so once I got that, the school side together, and I stopped being scared of lows overnight, 
I mean, that's how, you know, I tell people, I've been very happy and free to tell people that for, it's coming up on three years now between five, nine and six, two, that's it. And I'm talking about during growth spurts where she's grown like an inch in two months. And and it's about just continuing to, like, I think of it as like, like Dr. Ponder does, like bumping that line around, you know, 120 is not a bad blood sugar, but 90 is better. So yeah. And we were the same way at night before we had the CGM. I mean, we were always like, you know, of course. I don't want to be below 100, uh, you know, just that fear of the overnight. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, he, you know, rides mostly in the, like, mid-90s now. Yeah. No, please. Arden's blood sugar last night was like, I think it was like 79 for like five hours last night. I was just like, I'm so winning this. You, yeah. You, you oh, know, yeah. like, like, because, you know, if I great. tested her, she'd be more like probably 85 or something like yeah. that. But. Yep. But I'm just like, that's fantastic because, yeah. you know, I had I had a grown man on a few weeks ago. Hey, Terry. Terry lives on a boat, the episode's called. And at one okay. point, Terry says he did some research and found out that a person who doesn't have type 1 diabetes, there's a, a space and time most that most of us, even without diabetes, who, our blood sugars are in the 60s for an hour or so a day. And, and so... And he said, well, if somebody who doesn't have diabetes can have a blood sugar in the 60s, why why can't I? As long as I'm not 60 and falling or 60 with a bunch of insulin happening, he's like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with my blood sugar being 65 for an hour? You know, okay. if I feel okay and blah, blah, blah. And and I just – but that made a ton of sense to me when he said that, you, you know. So um, yeah, definitely. You know, that's all good to me. That's, that's where you can – because there's going to be – Listen, there's going to be spikes. You're going to mismanage it at some point or make a mistake or miscount cards oh, yeah. or something like that. You know, I don't know. That'd it's just... be this morning. Yeah. <laughs> we got up late. My son ran out. They don't have time to pre us, And we spiked a little this morning. But yeah. oh. I, know, I know why. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And at least you know why. Also, you know why. And you can you can very quickly and harshly come back at it. You know, like I yep. probably, probably said a couple of times in some episodes, but they get spread around the way I post them. But during a during a growth spurt recently, Arden's blood sugar was shooting up into the three hundreds overnight, and uh-huh. I was just like, no. And I, I, like in the past, I would have been like, well, let me just see if a what a unit does. Let me see what it, you know, Arden, maybe another half. I was just like, I was like three units done. You, you know, like I I fought back, and even when I went to the endo, I was certain, so certain she was going to be, we were going to get a rise in her A one C, and it went down. Oh wow! Yeah, and the and the the nurse practitioner said to me, she goes, "You might be the only person that's ever walked in here in the middle of a growth spurt and had their A one C go down." And I said, yeah. "And I said when the I said when the diabetes got aggressive with me, I got aggressive back with it, and yep. and only because of the CGM." Like to your point, you, you know, I can't. If she didn't have that thing, I what, how would I start wildly giving her insulin at four o'clock in the morning? You, you, you know. So. Yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, I. I'm in a totally different place with being bold, like you say, um, because of the CGM. I, I, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing it without it. Absolutely. So how is Gavin doing otherwise? Are uh, friends going okay with it? Is he telling people? Is he kind of keeping it to himself? Or how is he handling it? No, he, um, you know, he from day one has been an open book. And you know, my husband and I are kind of the same way. We are an open book about ourselves. We figure, you know what, we're living with this. We're not going to hide it. And if it can help somebody else, great. Good. Um, and I know everybody doesn't handle things in, in the same manner we do, and sure. I totally understand that. Um, but, you know, he did say to me, you know, the, the first day he was diagnosed, you know, he said, um, you know, Mom, I, I've seen you and Dad on how you handle your situations, and I'm going to do the same thing. 
And it was so fantastic to hear that. I thought, you know what, maybe something good has come out of my husband and I living with these diseases because if if it can affect him and his mindset on it, um, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and it'll affect other parts of his life, too, and how he handles other things that aren't disease-related. And by the way, how nice is it that he actually was paying attention? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, wow, so you actually do pay attention to me when I do or say, and I'm not just, like, floating out there. And yeah, so yeah, so for the day one, he's like, I'm not going to hide this. Um, He went into school, and, you know, he has his bag that he picked out, um, which took forever because he didn't want to have a man purse, he said. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, so he... You know, he's just like, I'm just going to tell people about it. And he actually got the entire sixth grade class together and spoke to the entire sixth grade class, um, along with me, about what, you know, type 1 diabetes is um, and explained everything they're going to see him doing from, you know, checking his blood to injections or, you know, and why he's carrying his bag around or because um, he's like, I-, I just want it out there. And that way everybody knows and there's nobody talking or wondering what it is or yeah. um, which I thought was fantastic for him. And. And since then, everybody has been rallied behind him and just uh, it hasn't really been an issue. Yeah, you can uh, take the power away from things very quickly if you just exactly. recognize them and be done with it. That, that's, yeah, and he sorry. has such a goofy sense of humor, like my husband and I, that, you know, some of the older classmen will ask, you know, like, why do you carry that bag around? And he's like, oh, I carry my cat in it. You know, or just <laughs> exactly. throws these things at people, and they're like, what? <laughs> Don't look in there. He's very angry and hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I just can't agree with you enough, honestly. You know, we've been doing that for, it used to be when Arden was really little, I would come in on the very first day of school, like when all that craziness was going on, and they'd sit down and we'd be like, hey, everybody, I'm Arden's dad. And Arden would be like, hey. And, you know, I'm like, yeah. hey, Arden has type 1 diabetes. You're going to see her check her blood sugar in here, like this kind of stuff. And she'd do it right in front of them. Like she'd be like like this. She'd poke her hole in her finger. She'd check her blood sugar. She'd do that. I said, Jen, she's going to pick up her phone. She'll talk to me a little bit. I said, none of this is a big deal. I said, I know it kind of seems cool that Arden has a phone, but trust me, you know, she doesn't want to have a phone. She doesn't want to have diabetes. This is just part of how she takes care of it. It would be great if you didn't make a big deal out of it and just let her, you know, let her do what she needs to do. And boom, it's always fine. Yeah, it's just, it's not even an issue. And now even, even administrators are finally coming along and real and saying, you know, uh, it, we thought it was going to be a problem, but it's not. And Arden had a teacher last year when I met with her at the very end of the year to, I think I had a, um, like an AT&T like MiFi in her room because she was, she was in like a dead zone in the school. So I kind of, it yeah. kind of generated her own cell signal and I went uh-huh. in to take it out on like the last day of school. And the teacher said to me, you know, about by about a third of the way into the school year, I think I completely forgot that Arden had diabetes. And she's like, it just happens so like, she's not stealthy about it. It's just so normal. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, she's not hiding it. She's just doing it. She's like, and it just went away. I didn't really think about it anymore. She's like, every once in a while, the, you know, the Dexcom would beep and I'd be like, why is that happening? And she'd be like, oh yeah, there's a kid in here who has diabetes. And then that, but that was the end of it really. And, and you don't know how far that goes when you're helping people, when you normalize something for your kid. Then next year it's for somebody else's kid, and you know yep. that's how it, that's yeah. how change happens. So, yeah. so oh, thank, thank great, you for so. being part of it. That's really cool. Yeah, so. yeah, right. he's been fantastic. So Just jokes around about everything. So that's, <laughs> I mean, that's excellent. I, I think humor is a great way to handle this. It stuff. is, and you know, my husband and I have a very sarcastic sense of humor. So, and I know you know not everybody gets it, like I said, but you know. Uh, 
you know, people will ask Gavin even, like, how you doing? He's like, peachy, you know, and just because he's sitting there drinking a juice box, you know, and... Everything's so people. <laughs> yeah, and they're just, he's just laughing away at it all, and, yeah, and not that it's funny in any way, shape, or form, because it's not, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think there's such, like I said, healing power and humor that if you can kind of change your perspective right. um, and not dwell on you know, what, what it could take away or, you know, the, the daily grind of it all. Yep. And you just focus on that life is still fantastic and there's just some more bumps in the road occasionally, but you know, that you can still do everything you want and have a fantastic life. Kristen, um, you were, you were leaving pearls of wisdom right here on the podcast. That is absolutely the truth. It, there's, there's no way to argue with it. You can choose to see the bad or you can choose to see the good one way or the other. You got to be here. So you might as well, you might as well look at the good parts. And, and, and I think humor is, I, listen, we were in a restaurant recently and I was pretty exhausted and, yeah. and the, the waitress comes up and she's, you know, the poor waitress doing her job and she's like, how are you? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so good. Everything is so fantastic. Thank you for asking. But I, but my tone was the quite was opposite of the way, words. Yeah. yeah. And I think she looked at me for a second and she's like, I, th I thought she got it. And that was the end of it. But it's how I felt in the moment. I was just like, I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired. I'm in a restaurant because I don't have the energy to cook. To cook, yeah, yeah. yeah. This isn't some pleasure cruise for me, by the way. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not out for a night, you know. And, and, and yeah. at the same time, I just, I was like, I don't know. If I don't joke about this, I'm going to put my head down and fall asleep in a restaurant. You, you know, oh, yeah. So. It no, is. I, mean, I think it's great. Well, good, good. Seriously, good for you. I mean, that's just, it's really excellent. I'm looking forward to, I wanted to give you one little, well, we don't want to call it advice, but I wanted to mention something you might want to talk to your doctor about. But yeah. um, uh, sometimes you can split the uh, your slow-acting insulin. So you said Lantus. Yeah. And they tell you to shoot it once a day, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, he does it at bedtime. But if you split it, 50-50 every 12 hours, you might get more even coverage out of it. So if you're seeing times of day where he's um, abnormally high or abnormally low, yeah. and you can't figure out why, that might be why. Oh, okay. So sometimes okay, they, like the drug manufacturer will tell you that, and this is for, with not just Lannis, but um, the other one too, which now I can't remember all of a sudden. Levomir. Um, oh, yeah. That it lasts 24 hours, but... Some people tell you they only see it last for 18 hours. So then the last six hours, you kind of have high blood sugars. Um, sometimes you'll see, because okay. I don't know if you know how that, that insulin works, but it goes under your skin, it crystallizes, and then it okay. just basically melts away slowly, keeping your blood sugar in one place. And, oh, so, okay. and sometimes you could see it burn a little faster and get a low out of it. But it depends. I mean, it's an extra injection. But if you're seeing something like that, that's a good thing to look into. Yeah, no, that's great. I'll definitely talk yeah. to them about that. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. You. I know what you're saying. You're very welcome. Um, Kristen, I, we've almost up to an hour. This is fantastic. Um, I I don't know how to thank you for reaching out and saying you want to be on the podcast and for listening. It's all very cool. Um, let us say oh, in this space, for... if someone else would like to be on the podcast, I always love hearing from you. It was very easy, right, Kristen? What'd you do? Send me an email? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I just had, oh, I had uh, actually tweeted you. Oh, Look at that. The Twitter. A dying yep. thing, Twitter, for some reason. Have you noticed? Yep. Like, people are kind of... Twitter used to be such a, a rage, and now I feel like it's a little less. But Yeah, I'm not, I don't use it as much, but I did that day. Yeah, <laughs> it worked out very well. I, well, I just yeah. really appreciate you coming on and doing this, and thank you so very much for, for sharing your story, and, and yeah. it's going to help other people, so thank you. Yeah, well, and thank you, because, you know, I've learned a lot, and it's just nice to be able to talk to somebody that, you know, fully understands what 
what life is like when you're living with type 1 no, um, as a parent. So, uh, fantastic. My, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Great. All right, Kristen, have a great day. All right, thanks. You too. Thanks for listening to the Juice Box Podcast. Hey, just like Kristen, if you'd like to be on the podcast, it's not that hard. Tweet at me, Facebook thing, text messagey through, you know, the Facebook. Go to my blog, my juice, uh, my juice box. That's not what it is. It's juiceboxpodcast.com or ardensday.com. You can scroll to the bottom. There's like a little contact link. You could send an email that way. You could light a fire and make smoke signals, but I can't read smoke signals and they probably wouldn't reach me anyway. But I mean, you could still try it if you wanted to. Reach out if you'd like to be on the podcast. Everyone's story helps someone else. If you are enjoying the Juice Box podcast, please tell a friend. Find somebody else who's living with type 1 diabetes and say, hey, I listen to this podcast and I kind of like it. And you might too. And teach them how to do it because some people, they're not good with the podcast. Take care. I'll see you soon.